And it was an, old, an older kid. Like it was, you know, a kid that I had like walked to school with, you know, in grade school and stuff. And he was like one of the people that was supposed to like look after me when other adults weren't around. This episode contains discussions of graphic sex, molestation, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Shh. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, we are pulling back the curtain of all human secrets. You know, the ones we hide very, very deep inside that no one knows about, or the ones that, you know, our best friend knows, and it's silly, and they're stupid and embarrassing. Also, the ones that are in the past that we've gone through, and now we're, we're on the other side of, or they're present and still buried deep inside. So... Today, our guest is Ryan. Ryan, my question for you, dun, 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 what is your secret? Uh, hey, my secret is that as a child, I was molested. Oh, really? At what age? It would have been like first grade. So I think that's eight years old. As you can probably imagine, it's a pretty blacked out period of memory. So yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of memory from that time. So do you remember how long it went on or was it like the amount of times or? Mm, I don't remember. I have barely any memories of like the times I know. I remember a couple, but mostly it was like a period during first grade when we lived in a specific, we lived in in an area. We only lived in that place for a little while. And then my parents separated and we, you know, moved away. So I was no longer around that person. Um, and it was an, old, an older kid, like it was, you know, a kid that I had like walked to school with, you know, in grade school and stuff. And he was like one of the people that was supposed to like look after me when other adults weren't around. Oh, wow. How much older was he than you? I think like four years. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I can only imagine what he was, you know, what was happening to him to affect that behavior or teach that behavior. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've gone through the same situation with a, a, it was, you know, child on child or younger situation. And I completely blacked it out also. And I could only remember like specific things that happened. So do you want to talk about what happened or what you can remember or any of that or how it affected you, you feel to like create that secret in yourself? So the, I think, you know, the effect of it, the actual acts and stuff that didn't, you know, that happened, those were, you know, they're, they're not important to me really. Like they, they still cause me like anxiety and, you know, fear, but I went through a lot of therapy, like talk therapy and, you know, and medicine therapy for a little bit. Um, but I mean, even my, my wife didn't know for like the first eight years that we were together. Um, and it didn't really come up in, 
like, it was something that I knew happened in my head, but kind of didn't think about until I was in my thirties, like early thirties. Um, like just before our son was going to be born. And I just started having these just like just unimaginably painful panic attacks and just like dipped into this like super hard depression. And I didn't know what was going on or why it was happening. And then uh, then for some reason, like I just couldn't stop thinking about those, those points in time and like new memories and stuff kind of kept coming back. Like, you know, um, and not like, not like the, the sex stuff or anything either. It's just like, like things that they would say that made it, you know, okay or whatever, or, you know, the secrets being told, you know, being told like, you know, don't tell anyone this or, or, you know, like this fear. Um, and it, it became this very, this thing that like, I kind of unraveled from that, that point, um, in time. And when I was like 30, I just sort of started unraveling and realizing, how much this has affected me my whole entire life and how much self-sabotage and, um, and anger I have, uh, affected on other people and myself just because of this unexplained and terrible situation that occurred to me as a tiny child. But Yeah, yeah, I mean, we hold it in all that trauma we hold in our bodies and it just erodes up into everything we do and we don't realize it. Were you, was your wife about to have a child and it like bringing a, ch- a child into the world just brought it all up? Yeah. Did you, did you connect like you're about to have a child is the fear of like it happening to him or how could someone do this to an innocent, young, pure child? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was the, it was all of that. I mean, it was like the thought of like, um, like my biggest source of anxiety or fear or whatever is, uh, is just loss. Like I'm constantly afraid of, um, you know, on a bad day or whatever. Um, I feel more adjusted now, but on a, on a, on a day where anxiety is like a real big problem. Um, my biggest nightmares are around suddenly not having our home or, or my partner or my son or my dog or my career or something. My, I'm always ready for someone to show up and take it away from me. And that's almost entirely because of, uh, what was taken away from me as a kid. Um, and by through with, through nothing I could do, there was absolutely no way for me to get out of it. And it was, you know, that was just something that was so ingrained into my mentality that, yeah, uh, now there was a baby involved. (laughs) and and I was like oh no I don't want him to ever have to experience any of this but there's there's no way that I can make sure this never happens uh I there's there's I'm gonna I'm gonna drive myself crazy trying to think of ways to prevent him from ever having to suffer like that well my fear too is like I don't ever want my child to go on sleepovers you know, because I've heard I've, yeah. that's when things and I, I know it's I can't stop my child from doing that. But that's a fear for me because you just, you know, they did that study is one in three kids have experienced, you know, sexual abuse at a very young age. And that to me is so disgusting. I can't imagine someone doing that. But then it happens. So how do we emotionally heal you know in our life (laughs) 
No, I think I'm, you know, or we're sort of the same way. He's, you know, going to go into second grade and you know, he's never been on a sleepover. And I don't, I mean, and not, not just in my opinion, but I don't think in my partner's opinion that he will be going on one for the next five or six years. Oh, really? Like she doesn't, she kind of feels the same way. She's not into it. She's, she's like, nope, you can sleep under your own room. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that. So when it, so you're telling me, when did you tell your wife? You said you didn't tell your wife eight years. You guys were already together. How was that coming out to your wife and talking about it? It was really hard because I was also going through like, like I was just having these like, tr- like tremendous panic attacks that were like undescribable and not really, you couldn't, you can't really get out of them. So it was like, you know, I'm just in this debilitated state. Like I wasn't, I stopped working for a little bit. And, you know, I, I, the, the longer I wasn't talking about it, like the more, like more fear I had of like letting her know, and then, you know, worried that she was going to like reject me or something because of like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Cause you know, it's not just panicking anxiety that come with, you know, having been, you know, sexually assaulted as a child or it's, you know, there's sexual intimacy issues. Yeah. You know? Oh, and hundred percent. I you deal don't want to talk about, you don't want to talk about those. You don't want to talk why, you know, something that, uh, you normally should be, um, anxiety free and relaxing and like the chillest thing ever. Cause on, in the movies, people just make out and do it all the time. and no biggie, yeah. but you know, sometimes it's, 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 it's scary. Cause it's like, Oh no, this is going to cause rejection. I'm going to be bad. This is going to, I'm going to, something's going to happen. I'm going to think about something wrong or something's like, so those issues, you know, I, I had many, many years of us trying to navigate that and have me having this thing that I don't want to talk about because it's like, Oh, it's just another thing. It's another problem with this guy. Like, oh, okay. There's so this, this guy is just a bag full of darkness and problems. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing I have to tell you, I'm so grateful you're on because I have so many friends and guy friends that don't talk about this and it's happened to them and they come in the rooms and they are like we feel like we're broken but we're not broken we're just cut off from what happened to us in the past yeah and and now we're you're willing to talk about it and bring light to it so that is going to cause intimacy issues with your partner it just is so how did you guys work through it I mean did you go to therapy have you you not together I went um because it was, you know, it, it was, it's not just like that. It's like the combination. It's a combination of every, you know, cause it, it, it wasn't like I had like excellent childhood, but one dark time as things in the situations are, you know, there's, there was a lot of other dark times and stuff going on too. And I needed to deal with all of that stuff. And I hopped on medication and to try to like wipe it out really quick and not have to deal with it. I was like, Oh, you know, antidepressants and then, you know, Paxil and stuff that all, just that will numb all go me away. out. That will just make I it. <laughs> I want it to feel. It'll be great. I won't, yeah. I, everything will be great. I won't feel anything, um, which just led me down a whole black hole of like losing myself to that medication and stuff. And the, things only got worse from from medication for me personally. I don't want to judge anyone who is taking medication. It's totally fine. It works for a lot of people. For me, I felt like I was having something taken away from me again, and. Um, 
in a, in a weird way, I had to learn the hard way that I need this pain and anxiety to kind of course correct me and keep me engaged in like my creative mind. Like I, really? if, if, with, you know, with an absence of, you know, the tortured artist, I'm just someone who has nothing to draw from like other than, other than like, or if it felt like it, it felt like it was something that like gave me an edge. Like my, I, I took my, my fear of loss into an ambitious defense mechanism in order to like, like, okay, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this fear and this stress of losing and I'm going to, and I'm going to put hard work into what I love. So that way it's like, it won't like, it can't leave because I'm, I'm, I'm working so hard at it. You know, like I, I won't feel I, I, like, or I try to, how to say it correctly. It's like, I, uh, I, I, I took the fear part out of it and replaced it with a value. Like, so mm-hmm. instead of having my career or creativity or whatever, um, be, uh, be driven by like fear or anxiety, it was now this value that I put in myself. And as long as I could take care of it, like through actual exercise and communication, and I, then I could defeat it a little bit and I wasn't hiding from it. And it got a little better every day. Well, here's my question for you, because you said a couple of things that I just want to clarify. So when you took the medication for you, yes, anybody, everybody has their different path and how they deal with trauma and moving forward. Did you feel like it numbed you out and took off your creative edge because of the drug and it just like downed you too much? Yeah. Okay. I was just just too, I was just too, no edge, no softness, all softness, absolutely no real drive. I would have got it. Couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't start working on something if I wanted to. Okay. So then getting off the, those kind of drugs, which I know from friends and other people that getting off of them sometimes is harder than getting on them. Like there's like, you have to like slowly get off them. And if you just get off them quickly, it's really bad. You're supposed to. I, uh, I just, just I just didn't, I just didn't refill. Oh my God. No, I joined, I joined a gym and called a therapist and didn't refill the prescription. (laughs) Did you feel when you were coming off, like you were coming off on something pretty hard? Yeah, it was sucked. It was, it was like, uh, um, kind of just like having like a really bad hangover for like seven days. Yeah, And then like, and then even after that, it was like, um, like the brain zaps and stuff. And I remember I was just kind of so mad at that whole structure. I was like, man, I really wish that they would have like, before they let me take Paxil, they would have been like, okay, well, we want you to do 40 days of walk therapy and exercise therapy and see if you just feel okay from that. Um, and if you're feeling, if you're still just like, you just can't do it. Well, you know, come back in, like, as soon as you can't just give up, but please at least give us like two weeks of just like taking a, lo- a mile walk once a day. <laughs> for the getting on it for the first like month was just a haze. It was like, I was so afraid of taking Xanax because it's just so addictive. And I don't want to, I didn't want to like go into a mental breakdown and then come out as a, you know, a benzo addict. <laughs> like that would have been just like the Swapping worst. one for the other. Yeah. Um, bad, just bad all around. <laughs> and then, and then the, the Trazodone and the Paxil just made me just so groggy. Like I could barely do anything. Um, and then once it's stabilized, I was almost like in a micro state of like manic. Like I was not really like manic depressed. There was no depression. There was no sadness, but I was just kind of always like half manic. 
I was uh, like, I remember a lot of times being like, oh yeah, like this is the best decision ever made. I can't believe how happy I feel. And then like two months later being like, just in it, like, just, okay, I don't feel anything anymore. I was feeling pretty happy for a few weeks, but now I'm just kind of like, I, like I would still feel like anger and stuff inside, mm. like where I would still like, 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 like I was in me, but I couldn't get out of me. Like I was yeah. wearing myself as a, a costume and I was just like, I don't feel, I can't gotta get out of this thing. Like, but I'm just kind of stuck in this body thing that I can't be inside. And that is one of those, that's like an early onset thing where you start telling that to a therapist. They're like, hold on. <laughs> let's, let's analyze what do you mean by let's get out of this body <laughs> of this thing well I yeah. used to say when I was going through like my darkest time I just want to zip myself out of this skin like I just wanted to rip my skin off yeah. you know like I just didn't want to be inside me anymore I didn't want to die and I wasn't like suicidal I just didn't want to be inside me it was yeah. that feeling yeah exactly I used to, um, when I'd be having really rough days, like younger, not, uh, not so much as an adult, but I, I grew up really poor and, um, I had a neighbor that uh, would print fake bus passes. Um, so I would just ride the bus for hours on end and listen to tapes on, on my cassette player. And I would just like kind of zone out and tunnel and like, look at people and like pre- pretend to project into them and then and try to like imagine what they could possibly have going on for their life and then try to jump into the next person and just try to like imagine just being anyone but myself. Wow. I felt myself do that with movies, but that's interesting that you already at a young age would put yourself in these places where you didn't have to be you. Yeah. Just, it was like, I, I didn't want to go back to the hotel we were living in or whatever hotel we were living in at that point. Yeah. Didn't want to, you know, it was just none, none of it, like the almost all parts of every day were just like blanketed by this. What I will learn, will learn later in life, uh, depression. Yeah. <laughs> but as a poor kid in a hotel, you know, it's just, you're a poor kid in a hotel. How are you supposed to feel? Right. Right. So I do want to hit back on the time you did tell your wife. I think that's important. I think that conversation of, you know, opening yourself up and sharing those dark parts of us. I would love to hear how that went. If you can remember, sometimes I don't remember those conversations, but no, I know it was a really important moment in our relationship. I don't remember the conversation entirely though. Cause I think I kind of like disassociated with it. I, mm-hmm. I was like, kind of like, I kind of was my subconscious took my conscious and was like, Oh, I'll go with you, man. Let's just go. Oh, go it's right. I'm going to hold the door real quick. And I, Oh, I left my keys inside, then lock me out. And then just forced me to like deal with it. Why it hit it inside. Such a good um, visual. <laughs> uh, we were working together for a moment. We got the courage. We were just going to like say, okay, Hey, this is what happened. This is where a lot of these issues stem from. Um, I, I remember I, not blaming everything on it, but it was just kind of like, um, you know, I hope this helps you understand like a little bit why some of, some of these things that I do are, you know, like the way I behave in certain situations, like why that's there, why I have certain fears of things, why other things suck. And I think that talking about this is going to make it, things get a lot better. Um, and they did, it made it, I mean, you know, it removed a huge bag of like empty stress that was just unnecessary to have, um, and it was, yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I, uh, I wish I remembered the conversation more clearly, but I honestly feel like it was just like, 
<laughs> no, I'm with you. I that's why I said sometimes the most important conversations I have had in my lifetime like that, I cannot remember what was said or any of the details. So I get it. But I think it's beautiful that a man especially is opening up and sharing that because our society does not, you know, celebrate a man being, you know, vulnerable, raw open and all of that. So that's what I think what's important with you sharing your story today. Like I don't pretend or placate to be like a masculine man, man guy or anything, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it did like, I did tell a kid when I was younger, younger about it. And, um, he, you know, he was like, Oh, you're gay. And like, you know, slammed that on me and like told other kids. And so that kind of hit me really uncomfortably as, a, as you know, younger. And then there was a long time where I thought like, you know, me, like, not that I was, I've never been like, like I know it's on the Kinsey spectrum, we're all over the place. Like, you know, I think yeah, some, yeah, yeah. I think some men are very attractive. I think a lot of women are very attractive and every, everyone's gorgeous and everyone's beautiful. But, you know, I do specifically, you know, totally have a preference. And for, a, for a while I was like, like I let it get under my head that like, you know, that it was that, um, what happened to me changed me in a way that made like, just, I don't know. It, 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 you it just had like, that question. Like, am I gay? Did I experience this? Does that yeah. make me gay? I mean, and why you, I couldn't understand that. Like, yeah, it was just like a weird thing. That, and that was, and it was another thing that a, a dumbass kid told me as a dumbass kid that stuck with me into adulthood. And, and then it would come back as like an echo nagging thing when, you know, and when an intimate situation would, would fall apart because of, you know, sudden having just like, Oh no, being touched right now is the opposite thing that my body wants to feel. And I'm, I'm sweating from everywhere and I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Well, anything that's done sexually when we're too young to process it fucks us up sexually. I feel like it just creates these barriers for us, for our psyche to get through. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of anger. Um, yeah, you uh, said that. So how does that, you think, you know, affect your life and have? It's, well, I mean, it's definitely, if I, I have, uh, I've had, I struggle with getting too mad, you know, con- like a lot. Um, it's, it's like, I get irritated and, you know, ball of anger inside of me for just for dumb stuff that shouldn't, if I'm, you know, Oh, I'm being distracted by something like a sound or I'm in an, I'm in a conversation with someone and it's not going, the opinions that are being shared are, you know, if we're talking about politics or something, it, mm-hmm. I will, I will, be, I will get much more mad than I should possibly get about like simple political issues even not even like dramatic ones, like the culture that we're going through right now. Like these are like little things like street direction or arrows in a parking lot. Like, well, actually that's a perfect example. If someone doesn't go the correct direction that the arrow is facing in a parking lot, I'm, I, I go full old man, dad rage. And I'm like, what the hell is the problem? What the hell is the problem? The arrows. And there's no reason for that. It's just someone's doing something that's against the rules and is impacting me in a negative way. <laughs> it makes oh my me God, very you're upset. reminding myself, like I do the same thing. I'm like, don't you read the signs? There's rules. <laughs> why would you, why would you do something like, like things that, things that seem like they're taking away from me or affecting me when they don't have to often make me just angry. 
like boiling uh, angry. You're saying yeah. just like rageful. Yeah. Well, I have that. I used to uh, yell at drivers like that road rage was my thing. And my therapist said, you doing road rage is abusive and not okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's not, but I'm in my car. She's like, yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> I used to ride a motorcycle and get road rage. And I would go, I would like, if someone cut me off, I would like follow them for a little while and then like close their side view mirror as I drove by them. Oh my <laughs> and, God. Like, yeah. And I don't do any of that. I'm glad, I think I'm a lot better now than I was, but again, just through talking about it and stuff. One, yeah. one, one crazy thing that happened actually just recently about this yeah, tell that, me. that brought it all back up, like in a hard way was, um, I recently lost a family member because of the COVID thing. And, um, uh, some mm-hmm. relatives were digging up old footage and, uh, family videos and stuff. And there was a, one of my birthday parties at that house during that time that I don't even remember, but then, you know, kind of camera moved around, um, to like show the kids that were there. And I like, I saw that kid. Oh my God. I saw like the face of this kid who's been like a, a, a blank monster in my head for the last, you know, however long. And it was just like, Oh no. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do that right now. I can't see this thing. This is crazy. But so it did was, did you just turn it off or did you? Oh yeah. No, I was like, I was like, Oof, Nope. Scroll past that. Oh, what the hell? Like I, I was like, why do I recognize that? Oh my God. Oh my God. And then it was just like, flood of memories already at a, weird, a rough time in um in in, in the in the, my life and i was just like oh no was not prepared to see this face like wow i because i was kind of happy that i didn't remember what his face looked like yeah uh, now you have a face to the monster yeah now i yeah now i have this face and, and he t- probably doesn't look like a monster which oh, is looks like an older up. kid yeah, was, who was probably going through some some crap. His his house was like a, a, a nightmare. It was like a, a nightmare on Elm Street set. It was just like a hoarder situation. Like they lived with their two older grandparents and an uncle and uh, the dad and his older sister. And it was just like it looked like they were about to move, but they never were going, moving. It was just cardboard boxes and stacks of newspapers that made hallways within living rooms that led to hallways that were filled with more like stacks of cans and empty water bottles. And so was, he was probably going through some really crazy shit because when you think yeah. about it, when I would hurt people or do things I'm not proud of, it's cause I was hurting. Yeah. Hurt yeah, people, can, hurt people, you know? Yeah. He was just, he was just, passing the pain on to someone else like or yeah. trying to get some sort of control you know similar to whatever you know or maybe trying to relate to whoever was uh, if, if even if that w- was happening i don't know and it could be happening to him you know yeah. most people most people that molest have been molested yeah i mean it's a, anyway ugh, but I know, I don't know, you know who it benefited keeping the secret or who it harmed but can you think of for you? I don't think it benefited anyone. I should have talked about this a long time ago to my partner. Um, you know, I, at some point, I, you know, my best friend knows I've talked, we, we never really dug into it, but I told him a long, a long time ago about it. Um, maybe, maybe like three or four other friends that I have know. Um, my brother knows I've never talked to my mom or dad about it. Um, I don't, 
it's the relationship between the me and family is not, it's like not super close. Right. And I just, I feel like it would, there'd be the preamble to get to the point where I can just be like, all right, I want to share an honest truth with you right now. And I don't want you to somehow turn this into a thing about you because that's mm. probably what's going to happen five minutes into me explaining a very dark story. And I don't want to have to convince you that I love you after me telling you what happened to me as a kid. I completely understand that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. You would have shared it earlier. You would have, you know, looked at it and done the done the work you needed to do to get through it and let go yeah. of the trauma. I, I mean, in hindsight, wouldn't I, shouldn't doesn't everything that you that has been meaningful in your life? Don't you wish you started earlier? Oh, every time. <laughs> yeah, like, man, I mean, why did I start so late? <laughs> yeah, so I, I wish. I, I mean, it the things happened the way they did, and you know they're. Un, uh, they're undo, undoable, but um, I'm glad that I'm on the other side of it not being a secret. I'm glad too. And how, the last question I have for you, are, are how do you move forward in the future? Um, I don't know. I hope that I'm, I hope that I'm more, I mean, it's not like a thing that I was like, Oh, I hope I can bring this up more often. Like, and, and, you know, I'm not going to be at like a, a party or whatever. And be like, no, oh, you, you get molested. Hey, me, me too. too. <laughs> older boy, older girl. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I hope that it's, you know, it's something that, um, as my son gets older, isn't something that affects that parent relationship. Cause you know, there's, there's so many things that like I worry about for, for his safety. Um, and I just, I, I don't want, I hope that it's not like a, a thing that like affects the way I parent, you know, right. I really don't want that to be a thing. Cause I, I don't want him to become a, like a bubble boy that like lives in the house and can't leave. Cause I knew those kids growing up too, where they had to walk to and from school and weren't allowed to go anywhere with their friends. Yeah. That's not good either. I agree. Are you going to talk to your son about if, if, you know, something inappropriate happens to talk to you or have you had oh, yeah. that conversation? We had that conversation. Oh, we, like, uh, that conversation was actually given to us by his pediatrician. The, the, we were all in the doctor's office and she was asking if she could, you know, give him an uh, examination. And he, and she was like, okay, first I and your parents are the only ones allowed to do this. If you let us, no one else is allowed to, and there's no reason that anyone else should ever have to. So if you do not want me to do this, we don't have to do this right now. If your parents don't want me to do this, we don't have to do this right now. But this is a decision that's up to you. This is your body and you have to be comfortable with it. And you know, I was like, wow, you just dropped a huge bomb on a five-year-old. That's amazing. But yeah. parents can have a conversation like that. That's yeah. the that that I think is the perfect ending because that is the conversation we have to have with our kids. So more kids can be open and tell the adults what's happening. If something inappropriate happens. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening. Secret life podcast. I'm Brianne Davis Gant. If you have a past or present secret you want to share with me, please message me below or email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time, bye. Bye. 
Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you'd like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.